0: Uh, work through a lot of the ideas that we're going to talk about. Uh, I'm excited because it's starting very soon, and I would love for you to sign up. I'm going to put a link in the show notes. I'll see you there. Good morning. Beautiful morning. It's always a beautiful morning when we can be together. And I look forward to this always, and so nice to see so, so many wonderful faces. This coming... Tonight, actually, tonight is going to be Rosh Chodesh Adar one. The so, I want to unpack a couple of very important things when it comes to. First of all, it says that when the month of Adar comes in, we increase in joy. Put that aside for a second. I got a question about why two Adars. What's the story with the Jewish calendar? I'm just going to give you a brief, but there's a lot more to unpack when it comes to the Jewish calendar, just so you understand that the laws of what's called Kiddush HaChodesh, the laws of the sanctification of the moon within Jewish law, are some of the most complicated laws. Maimonides goes into great lengths with regards to these laws. But essentially, the way it works is like this. The Gregorian calendar, which... Was uh, based on uh, Aloysius Gregorius. Was based on the solar calendar. Solar calendar is made up of days, three hundred and sixty-five and a quarter days. The lunar calendar, which was what a lot of people went by, and Islam, for example, still goes by, is twelve equal months. There's days. There's months. The Jewish calendar according to our law, goes by the moon. There's only one issue. The issue is that the Torah says that Sukkot, the holiday of Sukkot, needs to be in the harvest, and Pesach, the holiday of Passover, needs to be in the spring. So if you, if you know, like, for example, Ramadan will bounce around because the lunar calendar is not in sync with the seasons. So in order to go by the lunar calendar and also honor what the Torah says, having those holidays in the spring and in the, and in the fall, we have a solar lunar calendar. And the way it works is, seven times in 19 years, because the lunar cycle is 19, uh, the solar cycle is 28, and the lunar cycle is 19, so seven times in 19 years. There's going to be a leap year in the Jewish calendar, and that's 30 extra days, an extra month. Why? Because 12 equal months equal 354 days, which means essentially there's 11 and a quarter days missing every year. So to make sure that the days line up, if seven times in 19 years there's an extra 30 days, the two calendars will line up. And this is, I simplified something that is, Incredibly difficult to understand, but that was my one minute or less version of the how the Jewish calendar is set up. That said, according to the Torah, the first month of the year is actually the month of Nisan, the month the Jews went out of Egypt. That was actually the month they got the first commandment that was given to the Jewish people when they left Egypt was to make the Jewish calendar. That was the first commandment they got. So. Adar, which is the month that we are now entering tonight, is the last month of the year. So that the leap year would be an added Adar. That said, this year is a leap year. And we have 60 days of Adar. Now, let's go back to what is Adar. The sages say that when Adar enters, we increase in joy. Generally, we have 30 days of joy. This year, we get 60 days of joy. 60 days of joy. Now, I have said this, and you've heard me talk about this from October 7th. This year, if you open the Torah, starting from Bereshit, every single week, whatever's going on in Israel and for the Jewish people is literally written in the Torah. Don't you think a year like we've had, we need 60 days of joy? The leap year could have been last year. It could be next year. But it's this year. It's right now. Don't you think that out of all the years, that right now is the best time for 60 days of joy? It's a commandment. Now, happiness and joy are not the same thing within Judaism. Happiness is subjective. Joy is objective. So when the Torah says, when Adar comes in, you must increase in joy, it's not just like this random, well, I don't know, how am I going to do that? Just press a button? Okay, here's the happy button. What do I do now? How do I be commanded to be joyous? Let's back up. There are many joyous dates on the Jewish calendar. But besides for Hurim, which is actually going to be in a month and a half because it's in the second Adar, none of them affect an entire month or an entire 60 days. What is the intrinsic connection? between the holiday of Purim, which will be the next Jewish holiday, and this Adar, I think that the comprehension of the unique nature of Purim will allow us to understand why we need to have joy for the next 60 days, how to have joy, and why I think it's so important for us to have joy now. Let's talk about Purim for a second. Haman, Amalek, the Hague, that Banana Republic tribunal that tried to hold Israel for genocide. I love how they use these words. They used Amalek. They said that Bibi Netanyahu spoke about Amalek and wiping out Amalek. Haman was from Amalek. Haman wanted to take advantage of the Jews when they were at their lowest point. There was nearly a millennium of freedom. There was a millennium of independence. There was a a constant reliance on miracles. But here were the Jewish people. They were banished from their land. They were helpless. And they were seemingly at the mercy of the laws of nature. It was a completely new experience for the Jews. Their spiritual status was also significantly affected. Unfortunately, during times of freedom, the Jewish people have often voted with their feet and walked away. The temple in Jerusalem, where God's presence was manifest, a symbol of the special relationship that the Jewish people had with God and have with God, it was in ruins. And for the prospects of its reconstruction of a time, even the Gentiles were aware of Jeremiah's prophecy that after 70 years of exile, God would return the Jews to their lands and rebuild the temple. But 70 years have elapsed. So everyone thought, no redemption. This was it. There was a real discontent. So Haman took advantage of a vulnerable situation. He said the prophecy wasn't true. The Jewish people are depressed. There was also started being some some infighting. And there was a little bit of a civil war going on politically. And Haman said the time has never been better probably the chosen people as people call it we don't they don't understand what chosen is as greenberg says to god after 120 years can you choose someone else for a change are you tired of swiping right on every dating app out there and still getting nowhere are you convinced that you'll forever be alone surrounded by nothing but a uh cats, and empty takeout containers? <laughs> Hi, I'm Elisa Ben Shalom, the host of the new show, Jewish Matchmaking, which you can find on Netflix. And I'm the love rabbi, Rabbi Yisroel Bernath, and we're inviting you to join us for Matchmaker Matchmaker. Each week, we'll answer one of your pressing relationship questions, from how to get over your ex, to how to deal with your partner's annoying habits... So if you're ready to laugh, uh, cry, or maybe even find love, then tune in to Matchmaker Matchmaker, and it's available now wherever you listen to your podcasts. Heyman thought the chosen people have lost their exalted status, and now is the perfect moment to implement the final solution. But he wasn't satisfied. He needed one more sign indicating that this was the right time. And so he did Purim. Pur means lot. He made a lottery. He said, let the lottery decide. And the lottery provided the exact sign that he anxiously awaited. It designated Adar to be the month when he would put his nefarious plan into motion. The Talmud tells us that Haman was overjoyed, said, perfect, my lottery fell on the month when Moses died. The demise of Moses, the head of the Jewish people, the greatest Jewish leader ever. This is a metaphor for the demise of the entire Jewish people for the final solution. Haman had successfully Pinpointed the moment when the Jews were at their lowest point historically, and as well as the calendar, because it was the last month of the year to implement his plan. But his plan didn't succeed. Why? The history of the Jewish people is very much compared to the human lifespan. Through the course of a lifetime, Every person goes through drastic changes. fluctuation being the most constant feature in life. the helpless newborn has nothing in common with the independent, talented personality which we emerge with down the line as adults. Adulthood has its up and has its ups and downs. Happy days days that you're excited to wake up in the morning, depressing days, days that you're sad, fulfilling days, and days that you're like, what the heck did I do today? I wasted a day. But there's one constant. There's one constant in our life. The very identity, the essence of the person. Each of us remains who we are from the day we're born until the day we die. Our essence, always, our etzem, and we've spoken about this in this class so many times. What is an etzem? For those of you who did my Kabbalah mindfulness course, you know what that means at a very deep, profound level. Our essence remains the same. And the same is true with the Jewish people. We have ups and downs. Spiritually, materially, but our very identity, our essence, is never affected. I think it can be argued that in a certain sense, our perpetual relationship with God, I will say our godly soul, is more evident when we're downtrodden than when not. Because God still interferes on our behalf. And that was the story of the poor miracle. God interfered on our behalf. And I think this this phenomenon demonstrates the durability of our relationship. The ability of our essential identity to survive no matter our external state. Other holidays celebrate the highs of our nation. And therefore, their joy is limited. But highs don't last. You know that. Purim celebrates a time when we were at a low point, but our relationship with God remains intact. It's joy that is great, that is greater than any other joy of any other time, because this joy demonstrates the essential nature of our relationship with God. That our relationship with God, the relationship with that spark, with that Godly soul is constant. It always exists. So the month of Adar that's going to come in tonight is the month which Haman understood to be the most inauspicious month for the Jewish people. What is it really? It's really the happiest month of the year the most joyous month of the year a month that we bear in mind that inauspicious has absolutely no bearing on our relationship with god so joy it's a it's not something that is subjective it's completely objective and we have a commandment starting tonight that for 60 days We are to be joyous, no matter what's going on, no matter how much we pray and hope and wish every single day that the hostages be returned unscathed, no matter how difficult it is for the Jewish people right now, I think it is the perfect time. Perfect time. The Torah says, Simcha joy breaks through boundaries. There is nothing quite like the power of joy. It'll break through boundaries. When, when you're down, when the world is down, when nothing seems to make sense anymore, be joyous. Why? Because Adar is here. Your joy, for the next 60 days is the anecdote that will change the trajectory of the situation in Israel and what is going on. That's our job. Sometimes we have a job to pray, to donate, to help. Right now, our job is to be joyous. Now, how do I do it? You're like, that's wonderful, Rabbi. How how do I do it? I think that happiness, which is what we think about when we think of joy, can often be helped by factors outside of ourselves, the the ambience, uh, the vibe, the social dynamics. But happiness is most often rooted with what's going on inside of ourselves. How do we deal and how do we grapple with our inner self? Our inner self needs to be looked at and cultivated. It needs to be busy being productive in a meaningful manner. It needs to be involved in in giving and helping others and being productive. It needs to be aware of the importance of of being grateful for what we have, of appreciating that, that my soul is unique and it is making a unique difference in God's world. When our inner core is nurtured, When our inner core is healthy, then I think we can enjoy a certain sense of happiness. But what we're asking for is something else. What we're asking for is a time right now to activate and strengthen both the inner and the outer joys of our life. Since joy has a power like no other in giving us a recharge to continue our journey with a powerful inner happiness, our job right now is to harness this joy. It's a powerful tool in our toolbox. We have to constantly make ourselves and the world around us become more in sync with its inner beautiful potential. God asks us something that may be the most difficult ask. And that is, no matter what is going on, don't ignore it. Just be joyous. Don't say that it's not difficult right now. Be real. But it needs to be an outer joy. There needs to be not just an inner joy. There needs to be an outer joy. And simcha p'oretz geder. That joy, it's simcha. That's the Hebrew word for it. That joy will break the boundaries. That's our job. When we're feeling down, when we're having a hard day, if it was yesterday, Look, you do what you can do. You try to make the best of it. But tomorrow, and for 60 days, we have an obligation to be joyous, objectively joyous. So, I think we have our marching orders for the next 60 days here. I know you're going to say easier said than done. But that's the job. Jobs are never easy. Purpose is never easy. And this year, it cannot be coming at a more perfect time. We need this right now, especially for us. I say us in the diaspora. We're becoming more and more removed from what's going on. It's been four and a half long, exhausting months. And so, a lot of questions I'm getting is, is is what can I do now? Like it's enough already. Like I uh, people some people even say it's enough already. Like I can't because we're not dealing with it day in and day out like those in Israel are dealing with it. And so right now I think the greatest thing we can do is be in sync with the Jewish calendar and be joyous. And try to envision That joy being sent to our loved ones, to our brothers and sisters in Israel. Try to experience that joy within us. And if it means that we just randomly break out and dance, randomly break out and dance. And if we're randomly breaking out in song, randomly break out in song. And if you feel like it's not right, I should not be joyous while everyone else is being sad, then break out in an Israeli song. But that's our job. That's what we have to do right now. And Hashem should bless each and every one of us that we can overpower all the negativity. There is so much negativity. And that's why the world needs our positivity more than ever right now. The world needs your joy. It's never made more sense to me that there's 60 days of joy. We need it now. And Hashem should bless that from our joy, it will truly break the boundaries. It will truly break everything that is blocking all the difficult things. The hostages will indeed be found and returned immediately. And there will be absolute peace in Israel and in the entire world.